Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Yeah, thanks, Izzy. Uh, all eyes, of course, at the moment fixated on the Ukraine and as they continue to hold off uh, advancements of Russia, sanctions have been implemented worldwide against the aggressor of this war, not only governments uh, but also sports teams and organisations as well. Some have been criticised for not being harsh enough, uh, most notably FIFA, although they've changed that stance in the last few minutes. Football's uh, international governing body is no stranger to controversy, of course, and their initial penalties against the Russians were rejected amongst many within Europe. They've now suspended Russia from international competition, and we thought we'd head to the UK to get the latest from Ukrainian football reporter Andrew Toros. Uh, Andrew is the founder of Zoya Lundinsk, and he joins us now. Good evening, Andrew. How are you doing? Good evening, Ricardo. Good evening, Izzy. Um, I'm well. Good morning to you. So um, I'm I'm doing okay. Um, it's been it's been all right um, news over the past few minutes, as you just mentioned. So I think a lot of people are well. It's finally happened, and we're satisfied with the result that FIFA and UEFA have come up with those decisions. However, simultaneously, uh, Kiev, the capital of Ukraine, is being bombed as we speak. So. It's sort of, um, it's a very sort of dark silver cloud, a little silver lining um, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it took FIFA a long time and there was a lot of pressure from within, uh, you know, the likes of uh, England, FA, Sweden, uh, Czech Republic, Poland refusing uh, outright to play Russia in any sort of form of competition. How much do you think that impacted FIFA's decision? Was it was it pressure from within that did this eventually? I think 100%. They saw that all the big nations, well, England, for example, um, said that they weren't going to play. And day by day, over the past few over the past few days, they've seen that the fact that national FAs had to take into their own hands and reject playing Russia, that they probably were going to lose this one. And FIFA knows that you know no 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 jokes around or anything like that that uefa is the sort of the money bringer in in global mm-hmm. football in reality and if the majority of 
UEFA nations rejected playing at the World Cup, then it would be a complete and total flop and catastrophe. So I think they had to act probably not in their, their own best interest, if you can say, you know, how they see things, but they have acted um, following pressure from everyone else. Hey, Andrew, it's Izzy here, mate. Great to have you on the show. And you spoke about Hi. the scheme of things. It's, um, you know, probably nothing to what's going on in Ukraine at the moment. I just feel for, for the people there having to deal with planes and bombings and things going on and uh, the prayers and thoughts go out to the people of Ukraine. Um, but just want to talk to you. Uh, do you do you feel like this will have a huge impact with what, with the new sanctions? They've banned Russia uh, from the footballing um, nations and, and big worldwide competitions. Will this have a huge impact on the world of football? Will this make a dent to the sport? Uh, in terms of dent, no way. Um, I think that people mm. will carry on without Russia and there won't be much of a problem. The dent that it will do yep. is for the Russian football, um, where mm. they're, all of their foreign-based players, you know, they got high-paid Brazilians over there and other uh, nationalities that will more than likely leave. Um, all the mm. Russian footballers, you know, for the Russian national teams, will have their chances of playing at World Cups and Euros taken away from them. However, I think this is completely the right decision because maybe finally it might get to some of those athletes um, to finally mm. make a stand through their social media. They've got millions of followers on mm. social media. And instead of just saying no to war, which doesn't put any blame on anyone, doesn't really explicitly shout anything out, then, you know, that, it, that sort of message is kind of pointless from a, from a Russian standpoint. What it might do, we'll see over the coming weeks, months, or however long this is going to last, whether reality is, is uh, whether Russian athletes will start speaking up for, you know, for their careers being completely ruined by Vladimir Putin. And maybe once they do that explicitly, they can get, other people that follow them, you know, the ordinary person in the street to come out and protest. And once they have a good amount, good numbers, you know, in the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands on the streets, then the police that usually suppress all of that stuff over there will not be able to do anything. I had a chat with Ricardo earlier about it as well. And do you, do you feel like the the big superstar athletes, I was talking about Khabib, Nikotumatov, and... Uh, we're talking about Daniel, Danielle Medvedev. Man, I can't get my words out. But you know what I mean. Uh, do you feel like these guys are probably the fear factor that Vladimir Putin has, has put on them? They don't want to come out and speak because of the repercussions their families potentially will, will have on them? Yeah, of course. Of course it is. But, but that's the thing. You know, if, if one person stands up or if they can somehow get together and somehow uh, make that work, then... Yeah, it could work, but you know, reality, it seems that, well, for example, I feel that uh, individual Russian players will still be able to play abroad, as far as I'm aware. That's just what it seems mm. like from the news. So, and, like, tennis players are still allowed to, you know, play as it's sort of like more of an on, an individual basis rather than the team sport, if you can say. But um, how that will actually end up working out um, in the long run, like the more frustrated they get that they won't be able to have the opportunities that they used, that they formerly had, and probably Russia will start looking towards maybe making some sort of new new alliance like UEFA FIFA S, which is evidently going to be some some very low end, low level uh, kind of football tournament. 
we'll see. But mm. for the for the for the time right now and the message to show a united front from more or less the entire world in the sporting world, I think this is perfectly good and hopefully it'll get through to those athletes who I think it should it has targeted the most. Because Putin, in my opinion, he's already gone too far in terms of there's no coming mm. back from him. He doesn't care. He's hosted the World Cup in twenty eighteen and everything else. It's you know he doesn't really have anything else left to lose. So it's probably FIFA should be looking at themselves and saying, why did we allow the 2018 World Cup to happen and mm. all the other problems that they've been doing uh, relating to Russia over the past few years? What, what do you think it says um, about you know the slow response FIFA's had as an organisation, I mean, and there's been talks, you know, that Gianni Infantino, uh, the president of FIFA, has quite close ties with Putin. Do you think that puts his role under threat as well? Potentially, but it just depends on what those ties are. Uh, it, it, the the role of <laughs> Infantino will evidently become irrelevant in the grand scheme of things if the rest of, like, with all of UEFA is against him other than Russia. It's not like Russia is some sort of super, super talent, superstar country or even a leading football country, you know. And I feel that he probably weighed up his losses and thought, well, we've got to do this, really. I, I guess the only thing that many Ukrainians... Some people, some friends I've been talking to just in the past hour or so are, are worried about just to make sure it's not for two weeks or anything, but make sure it hits them where it hurts and then they can come back once, you know, the errors of their ways have been have, have been sorted out. We've also um, obviously seen the um, the Olympic Committee, uh, who have, you know, I mean, they let Sochi go ahead, uh, and they've been grandly criticised for doing very little for a long time. But, you know, it was only a few hours ago that they came out and and said all sporting organisation organisations should exclude Russian and Belarusian athletes and officials from international events. Did that surprise you, coming from the IOC, given how much Thomas Bach has sat on his hands in the past? Absolutely. Um, I think we, a lot of people were slightly surprised that the IOC actually came out before FIFA and UEFA because I feel that the pressure has been coming from FIFA, on FIFA and UEFA a bit more vocally anyway in the media, from, from footballers across the world compared to, you know, athletes of the Olympic discipline. So I feel that because the IOC came out first, UEFA and FIFA had to follow that up. And I, I, I don't even think that the IOC um, decision is official yet. I think it's just like a recommendation. So we need to wait and see that actually an action first. Um, and then we can carry on with that. Because the, the main issue is that these dictators, um, Putin and Lukashenko, use sport as like a, a show of pride in how great their countries are. Without being able to do that on a global propaganda stage, then it's a massive dent to their own to their own sort of pride and power that they have over their own people and like showing how great their countries are. If they can't do that, then evidently there might be some dissent and hopefully we'll be able to change the country's, country's outlooks in the future. We're chatting to Andrew Toros. He's a Ukrainian football reporter out of the UK. Thank you so much for joining us. Just a quick question on um, Chelsea. So Russian Chelsea owner Roman Abramovich gives stewardship over to the of the club to the trustees. Can we see more eventuating 
out of this with uh, with the club Chelsea and, and how much power they hold, obviously going down against Liverpool. I'm not sure if you're a Liverpool or Chelsea fan, but can you see more happening and eventuating from this? Possibly, because I was reading, so I think it was the Telegraph in the UK have been uh, rumouring that those trustees that he's handed it over to are planning on resigning or don't really want to have the responsibility that is just being passed off onto Ooh. them. Because evidently they realised that this is, you know, problematic. There was also some rumours yeah. today that I saw, a, I think it was like the Jerusalem Post or something like that was coming out with the fact that Roman Abramovich was part of peace talks between like Russia and Ukraine and Belarus. And he's been like requested by someone from Ukraine to undertake them. However, I've seen no verification of that news anywhere in sort of Ukrainian media. So not trusting that uh, for the time being. Andrew, I mean, we've, you know, I, I guess FIFA and the IOC are the two big dogs in world sports. Easy to take shots at them. Um, what sort of scrutiny are others coming under, the likes of FIBA and, and even, you know, the ATP and WTA? I see Alina Svitolina um, has said that she is um, going to refuse to play uh, a Russian player, Anastasia Potapova, in the first round at WTA in Monterey this week. Uh, she's released a statement saying she doesn't blame the Russian athletes, but she's not going to play any Russians or Belarusians until, uh, you know, the, uh, until tennis makes a stand and basically, you know, uh, tries to make those athletes uh, perform without flags or colours or national symbols or anthems. Yeah, well, I don't. I've not really heard anything from FIBA yet. I'm not 100% sure what's going on there. But, yeah, like you say, Alina Sifalina said that. she's also. There's also been, I think, Lesid Sorenko, who's also another um, Ukrainian tennis player who has also responded with the fact that they don't want to be playing against Russian athletes. And similarly, they don't blame the Russian athletes, but they can't, they can't do that. Whereas um, ex-well-known Ukrainian tennis player, Serhii Stahovsky, he's actually signed up for territorial defence in the past few days so uh, uh, he's moved away from the world of tennis not directly retiring I think he retired a few months ago but he's sort of taking a completely different outlook um, and approach to this war by actually actively participating in it and I guess you know it's, it's a thing that athletes I mean, Izzy sort of touched on this earlier. Um, it puts them in, it can put them in a difficult position. We've seen what's happened to Enes Kantner, you know, by criticising uh, Erdogan in Turkey and uh, the fact he can't travel and he's got warrants out for his arrest if he goes through uh, Europe from, from uh, and they've cancelled his passport, things like that. We've even seen Phil Mickelson recently, you know, cop, um, he's lost a whole bunch of sponsors for being critical of the Saudi Arabian uh, regime and things. I mean, what do you think athletes, individual athletes can actually do to make a difference here? Um, well, I guess we'll see what's going to happen there because the, the matter of fact is that all these owners and all these, all these, all these sportsmen that are quite controversial, um, I guess it's a case-by-case basis, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely sure what, what will probably end up happening on that front, to be honest, at the time being. 
Mm. All right, Andrew. Hey, listen, I know it's a, it's a difficult time at the moment and, and things are very fluid. Uh, we've got breaking news left, right and centre and, and uh, I see Anastasia uh, Pavlyuchenkova, uh, the Russian tennis player, has also just put out uh, a statement as well. It's, uh, it's a moving beast of it. We really appreciate your time coming on and, and, and educating us to an extent on where you think things sit at the moment. And uh, mm. stay safe over in London and, uh, as Izzy said, our thoughts with uh, people in the Ukraine. Thank you very much. Thanks Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. Yeah, Andrew Toros there with us. Uh, you can follow Andrew. He's uh, he has a um, a Twitter account called Zoya Londonosk, uh, which basically is a collection of Ukrainian English uh, sports journalists uh, that are covering this at the moment. So uh, that is all on there, Izzy. This is uh, Baz and Izzy. Uh, thanks to the Chemist Warehouse on SENZ, uh, we're going to we're going to talk some more sport up next.